Righto, you legends, before we rip into another episode of the Deadass Podcast, I'd firstly like to thank our major sponsor, Country Tracker Caps, for the continued support of the podcast. You will find their merchandise at thecountrycompanies.com or if you'd like to design your own cap, head to countrytruckercaps.com. Knuckles has fired up a discount code for the pallbearers. Type in Deadass at the checkout to receive your discount. That is D-E-A-D-A-S-S. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated wow did we just write an ad yes bombas big comfort for everyone go to bombas.com slash acast and use code acast for 20 percent off your first purchase Welcome to the Dead Ass Podcast. So here we go. You ready? Yep, let's go. Got my co-host here today with me, Old Summer Rose. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on again. I know. Oh, this is getting again? too. Oh, it's getting too common. You can't get rid of me. Got to give the fans what they want. <laughs> Fan. <laughs> <laughs> Dad asked politely if you could include me. <laughs> oh, no, he, he really yeah, won me over that one. Uh, so was, uh, was, we've got a bit to get into today. Um, yes. Following up on the previous episode, um, I think it was last time we were talking about funeral rituals. So we'll get mm-hmm. it, we'll, we've got another one for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got uh, further discussions about um, the water cremations, about aquamations, mm-hmm. and a topic of conversation with that. I still would love to get someone on and have a bit of a discussion about that. That would be fantastic. Someone that's a bit more professional in the field than what I know about it. Like I'm very mm-hmm. minimal, but I'd love to have a, a, a to and fro about the aquamation over cremation would be a fantastic discussion. Someone who's done one. Before. Well, that's it. Yeah, okay. I, I, look, I you know has experience in it. it would mm. be fantastic. Even if you're a former employee or someone that does work in that industry with aquamations, please mm-hmm. reach out to us. I'd love to have you on. Yeah, it'd be great. Have a discussion. Um, also, uh, we're also going to talk about uh, we've got the usual weird death of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was also some terms that we want to discuss as well mm. about, about funeral-related stuff, the terms and where they originated from as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. 
So that's pretty pretty interesting. So we'll get into that. But other than that, what else has been happening first before we kick into it? Anything, anything just, exciting on your uh, end? Just living the dream. Living. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that. Just yeah. living the nightmare. <laughs> just living. <laughs> just here. Mm. Yep. No, that's pretty much. What, what about you? How's you, you, how are you feeling? How are you going, Brian? Tell good. Us. Really good. Um, uh, I'm doing well. And um, excited actually to do a bit more morning show stuff because yeah, I do like to because it is an important part of the of the podcast. Like yeah. the is offering our bit of information, what we know. Yeah, you know, obviously our our knowledge is limited to a point, so we have to do a bit of studying. It makes me go back and have to revisit some of my old stuff. Gets the brain ticking. Yeah, um, and no, and also just giving what the listeners what they want to hear and what they want to. But they've been sending through some questions and stuff like that. So. Just a little bit of a yarn. Oop, that's trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a talk. A little bit of a talk. Um, yeah, so well, where, where do you want to start today? You want to start – let's start with some of the stuff that you've got first, eh? What do you reckon? <clears throat> well, how about um, – because we're talking to the pallbearers. We're talking to the pallbearers, yes. How about we um, discuss what is a pallbearer? Yeah. Where did the term come from? That's a you very know? good point. And one and another thing too, I'm hoping that it's good because I've been calling the listeners pallbearers if it's something bad. <laughs> I'm Paul terribly bears. sorry. <laughs> Men who are a bunch of now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously it's an age-old term. It mm-hmm. comes from way down the line. Um, medieval times, the term pallium, I'm going to say it paulium. paulium. Well, you say it, you'd say it in our term, like paulium. Yeah. Paulium. Was shortened, shortened to Paul, mm. and what a Paul was, it was a, a cloth or like a they called it a mort cloth. Yeah, well, that would be similar. I'm guessing a similar cloth that uh, the Paul that they use at Catholic funerals, Catholic yes. services. Yes, mm-hmm. and it, it's a cloth that covers the coffin or the casket at a funeral. Yes, uh, the purpose of the cloth is to keep off insects and dusts, and you know. Respect the dead by yeah. popping a sheet over well, type thing. Let's let's break that down okay. real quick, right. Right? right? So did it say roughly when it sort of originated in what sort of yep. century? Back in uh, 19 dickety two. <laughs> it says medieval. So medieval. So like so a long time so ago. So you could imagine back in the medieval times, mm-hmm. no refrigeration, mm-hmm. no electricity. Yep. No ways to store the deceased. Yes. And yeah. back in those days, and not even up, up until recent times, mm-hmm. a funeral service would take quite a long time between the person dying and the service taking place because mm-hmm. certain funerals that have to reach out to family. Oh, yeah. Now, the only way you could reach out to family in mm-hmm. those days was mail. And they would have to travel. So yeah. you chuck a horse and carriage on that yeah. or, yeah. you know. So you can imagine all these... Uh, all this taking time now. Yeah. Come the day of the funeral, I would assume mm-hmm. that the deceased person would be in a pretty deteriorated state. Yeah. So, all the natural elements, insects, flies, yes. everything would be congregating around that coffin. Yes. So they would want something to cover it. Yes. To protect it, so that they wouldn't see all these flies hanging around mm-hmm. there. Because you can imagine. It'd be yeah, it'd be it, pretty it, rough. It would be. Yeah. I mean, if you cover up your food, you're going to cover up your grandma. <laughs> so anyway. I nearly choked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was yeah. 
that's the reason for it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, hold on, I've highlighted some other parts in this. (laughs) Yeah, no, sorry, keep going. Sorry if I ruined it. No, 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 you're right. It's a heavy cloth draped over a coffin um, and the term pallbearer is used to signify someone who bears the coffin in which the pall covers. Mm. So the pool covers the coffin and yeah. the people bear it. I sort of guess it had something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty it's when you think about it, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um But then they just adapted that term for carrying the casket as that's a pool right. bearer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's not some dude named Paul didn't die and then, you know. <laughs> his last name was Bearer. Bearer. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the Undertaker used that as his manager in the WWE. His his manager was called Paul Bearer. Oh really? <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. He used to be our favourite. Yeah, there was a writer that used to watch this. Um, uh, I used to read these books called Skeleton in the Closet or something like that. And the, mm. the author was named Tom B. Stone. Oh, that's so <laughs> cool. Tombstone. Yeah, I thought that was pretty mad. Yeah, so that's so that's the... Um, that's the that's where the term came oh. from. That's where Paul Bearers came from. I didn't know that. Well, I, a, I had a, a guess. Coffin. I had a guess. It was something like that. Yeah, bearing a coffin with a pool on it. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Well, that's cool. At least, at least you know we're not being – we're calling them something half-decent. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it these days, you'd probably be like a coffin carrier, a coffin bearer. Yeah, a coffin bearer. Or you, know, yeah, something, you know, coffin, Yeah. Paul is very out of the box. Yeah. I um, – on that topic, um, I think – Probably, actually, you know what, we might discuss funeral rituals first because oh. there is a topic of conversation I want to bring up and I want to talk about it and I, I want to really give a heavy disclosure on that one because yeah, okay. it's a very sensitive subject. Yeah, all right. We'll um, bring it in yeah. quarters through. Yeah, so we might go with the funeral rituals too, hey? Yeah, well, I had la- a... What was the last one? The last one was the sky burial? Yeah, the Tibetan sky burial. Yeah. I had a lot of fun talking about that it because was. it was very different. Yeah. Um. So I've got a whole list of unique funeral rituals that have happened over the years um, and I thought I might bring a new one each time. Nice. Um, so this one, it finished... <laughs> <laughs> it finished in the 1960s. Finished in the 60s. So it finished not, in the 60s. So not, this too re- not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, not too long ago. Technically on the scale of. Um, and I'm pretty f- sure um, they were forced to oh, so um, <clears throat> not participate in this funeral ritual anymore. Doesn't sound legal. Um, probably not, no. I wouldn't say this is legal. Yeah. Um, so it's a ritual by the Wari people of Brazil. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for years and years, you know, way back. It's yeah. part of their heritage and their culture. Um, so what they would do to uh, say goodbye to their loved one, they would feast on the dead as a way to socially mourn. <sighs> so yeah. now these are tribes, okay? okay. So, But, I mean, are they feasting on their own? So um, when somebody passes away... They yeah. would leave the body for a few days, um, typically, like we we're talking before, to allow for family members to come oh, okay. to the tribe, to the little area, yeah. um, and it could take three days. It could take a, uh, up to a week, yeah. but typically it'd be about three days for the family members to walk there from the other neighboring tribes. Neighboring whatever, tribes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> By this time, obviously, the the body had already started decomposition. Mm -hmm. Um, In some cases, depending on how long they had to wait for other family members, 
the body may had already began to bloat. Oh, jeez. Um, the prepara- Once everyone arrived, the preparations would begin yeah. um, and that's where they would mourn together. Mm-hmm. They would build a fire, mm-hmm. uh, remove some of the organs, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing to you know, clean out some things that maybe you Probably shouldn't eat at all. Yeah. And, stuff like that, yeah. um, and then they would roast the body on a fire. Mm. Um, now, the immediate family themselves wouldn't participate in this, they would watch. Um, but the friends and other relatives and other people um, would consume the body together. And the reason they did this was because they believed that the soul of the person would continue to live in the people who ate them. And so they would forever be a part of the tribe still and they wouldn't wander alone mm, wow. in the aftermath. That's um, crazy. Yeah. So it continued up until the 1960s, obviously advancement in medicine and everything. Um, well, would, would, yeah, I guess wouldn't they be what – I wonder if it contributed to like CJD, mad cow disease, that sort of equivalent. There are – yeah. Consuming, cannibalising. Yeah, lots of um, instances of illnesses and sicknesses yeah. and probably more people died so they just ate more. Oh. <laughs> so, it's, the it's a full buffet today. <laughs> who, who are we going on the roast today? <laughs> Old John. John, Jim and Sarah. <laughs> and poor Gary. Because they all ate Gary. <laughs> <laughs> um, Especially but, if you're like, you know, I don't want to get into it too technical, but you imagine, okay. like, you know how crook you'd get from just eating tainted meat. Mm, yeah. You imagine eating tainted human meat. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, stopped in the 60s. They don't do it anymore. They um, bury their dead after three days and no one oh, yeah. consumes them. I wonder how they – I wonder how it changed. I wonder why it changed. Um, for, uh, I vaguely remember something along the lines of, you know, people coming to teach them that it's, this is going to make you – Like sick. Yeah. If you're wondering why half your tribe died last week, this might... Gary, yeah, Gary wasn't clean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's always Gary, eh? It's Gary. (laughs) Sorry to all the Garys out there. (laughs) So, yeah, that was my one Wow, that's a trippy one. It it was called endocannibalism. I don't know if I said that. Endocannibalism. Endo. Yeah, probably because they waited. I don't know what endo means. Endoscopy? Isn't that oh. something to do with the butt? <laughs> I don't know. We're eating ass first. Um, <laughs> it's like that movie on turkey ass. <laughs> <laughs> Eat up, sucker. <laughs> uh, endocannibalism. I got no idea. Uh, here we go. Ah, uh, okay. It's cannibalism of members' own family or tribe. Oh, okay. So endo, ex, exocannibalism must be non-relatives. Oh, okay. Exocannibalism, the victims belong to another social group. Mm. Enemies killed in combat or prisoners of war with the aim of being to take revenge or, um, you know, such virtues as strength and courage. Like it, 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 simulates, it simulates such virtues as their strength or courage. So by eating them, you're, in, you're getting their strength and their courage. Mm-hmm. By what? 
and their diseases. Yeah. 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 Whatever Gary was carrying. <laughs> but endo uh, yeah, endocannibalism relates to members of its own family or tribe. Okay. There you go. Well, that makes sense. There you go. Yeah. Well, that yeah, <clears throat> they don't do it anymore. Oh, thank good. goodness. Um, but I just thought that was pretty worthy one yeah. to bring up. That that's uh that's pretty in, that's pretty uh pretty out there, eh? Yeah, it's a bit different. Yeah. Um, so I'll bring up another one next week. Stay tuned. You've Stay got, tuned. I've, I've got a whole list of ones to go through. Including hanging coffins. Hanging coffins. Hanging coffins. Yeah, right. A bit different. Feel like hanging your meat. That's right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they they dry theirs out like jerky. <laughs> Gross. Man. Gross. Now, one of the topics. It's a hot. It's actually a very hot discussion, and um, it's one that <laughs> I, I really want to tread lightly on because okay. um, the way it's it's a very sensitive subject. So yeah. please, you know. Just listen to discretion is severely advised for this one because this is discussion of um, voluntary assisted dying. Yeah. Okay. And so we're not advocating that anyone go out and do any voluntary assisted dying or anything no. like that at no. all. We are purely just discussing the fact that it is now since January 1st, 2023, that it has come into effect yeah. in exists. Queensland. It, it exists, exists in Queensland. It's here yeah. And and I know for a fact, like over the years of being a funeral director, that this has been a hot topic of conversation mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. Where, um, you know, families ha- have to have had to endure seeing their loved ones go through um, a lot of pain and torment and torture through their the illness or suffering that yeah. they were going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was always that <clears throat> topic of conversation about having the ability to choose that you know. That, and one common thing that always said was, "What you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you put an animal out of its misery, or you wouldn't mm, let an animal yeah. sit there and die. You would, you know, let's sit there and in pain. You would euthanize them. What's yeah. the difference between us and a, you know, anyway? <clears throat> so the reason why I'm being very, I just want to be very sensitive about the subject because yeah. obviously I respect the fact of every everyone's ability to choose what they want to do. But you know, it, this is a very sensitive subject too because it's very. It's all very new and Mm -hmm. there's certain rules and regulations that are involved in it, especially with medical health professionals where um, these topics of conversation, they're not even allowed to bring up. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very grey area of Mm -hmm. stuff and and I want to be very sensitive to and very careful about what I say. Absolutely. But like I was saying before, this, you know, we've done um, dying with dignity advocate groups, these places we've gone and spoken to them and talked Mm -hmm. and discussed about certain things that we've done over the years um, you know, uh, things that we've seen, certain people going through certain illnesses, what they've had to endure before they've passed away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty much um, it became it became legal, I guess you could say, in Queensland first, on the 1st of January 2023. Now, I know for a fact that I have done uh, – I've assisted with like funerals for people who have taken the option for voluntary assisted yeah, dying, okay. I think about half a dozen times, I think. I think there's been about six occasions where someone has taken on voluntary assisted dying. Yeah. Um, it's a very – it's uh, look, I, look, I'm uh, – I think if the person has got the ability to make a choice, then they should mm-hmm. be allowed to do it. They yeah. should be allowed to do what they want to do. What yeah. they want to do. Not do it, but do what they want to do. Yes, yeah. Okay, so I'll be very clear about that. Yes. Um, the When I was reading the Act before – 
um, you know, the the um, the, requ- the what they state in there, it's very stringent, and I mm. and understandably, it's. <clears throat> I could imagine it would be very technical. Lots of legal paperwork. Lots of hoops. Lots of I's and T's. Yeah. Voluntary assisted dining is one of several choices that a person may have at the end of their life. It's important to you to talk to your doctor about all the options that are available to you. Okay. Voluntary assisted dying is about choice. It gives people who meet eligibility criteria and who are suffering and already dying the option to ask for medical help to end their life. Okay. It won't be for everyone. Mm-hmm. Voluntary assisted dying is voluntary. The law respects the rights of healthcare workers to not provide voluntary assisted dying mm-hmm. or making sure that people wanted to access it can do so. Okay. Voluntary assisted dying is not an emergency healthcare. People may take weeks or months to work their way through the process and make the final decision to administer the substance. Okay. People can stop the voluntary assisted dying process at any point for any reason. People who are assessed as eligible for voluntary assisted dying may never choose to use it. Sometimes having the substance is comf- comforting in itself, knowing mm. that they have the power <clears throat> to do that whenever yeah. they want, but then yeah. they, they choose not to. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, 100%. Um, the things, one of the things I did notice that there was certain criteria that has to be met. You have to be an Australian citizen. You have to be over 18 years of age. You mm-hmm. have to be um, terminally ill mm-hmm. to the point of, I think it was 12 months or less of a life expectancy. Mm-hmm. And also to... Um, also, um, you have to be of sound mind. Yeah. At any point, I know that there's multiple screenings through mm-hmm. the whole process. At any point, if the medical professional feels that this person may not be of sound mind or might be hesitant in their choice, mm-hmm. uh, they'll cease it as well. Yeah. So it is very, it is a very stringent, it is very stringent process. Do I think? Do I think it's a great idea? I think it's. I think it is. I think it's a good idea in the sense of it yeah. gives people the ability to be able to choose what they want to do. <clears throat> it might give them a little bit of power back in themselves. Mm-hmm. Feel like they finally yeah. can make a decision. With I think their it's own a, life. That's right. Yeah. I think it's a great start. Yeah, a great start. Yeah. And um, but there's some there's some a lot of a lot of things that when you first read up about it, like it's like uh, medical health professionals that cannot give it as a recommendation. Yeah, it, that's what it sounded like. They can't bring it up. They can't recommend anything unless you ask them, and that's then right. they can talk about they it. They can talk about it. Only can, certain ones. Can they can only it. explain the options that are available to you to make treatment and stuff for there, but not to not mm-hmm. for that process itself. Yeah. So it's a very, um, a very thing. I thought it'd be something interesting to bring up and maybe get some maybe get some questions from the. Paul bearers about it. Obviously, yeah. I don't want to go into it too much. <clears throat> I think the process is very, very is pretty self-explanatory. There yeah. is play, there is sites that you can go and check government websites where you can go and have a look at mm-hmm. the what they talk about it. Not at any point. I think you get. I think the, the the real the real gray area at the moment is that I think everyone's scared of the fact that you can't at any point offer it as an option. Mm-hmm. Which is fair enough. So yeah. even like even me talking about it, it's making me feel nervous talking about it because yeah. I do not <laughs> I, I do not want to I'm not telling anyone to give it a crow. No. <laughs> so that's why I want to make that very clear. What? Never heard of it. <laughs> no, that's it. I'll delete this episode. <laughs> so, I uh, yeah, yeah, I totally I 
for me, like... Um, well, you can see how nervous I am just talking about it. I know, yeah. And also I can see why it's probably a very touchy subject too because it's like on both scales of the scale. Yeah. <laughs> both ends of the scale, sorry. Yeah. Um, on one thing, you know, it's great. You're giving them the power back. You're giving them choice. You're giving them um, a little bit of say in their own lives again. And then on the other hand, it's actually quite sad because when someone's terminally ill, there's still something deep inside you that thinks actually there might, you know, what if, what if type thing. And if they're, you know. I can understand the double-edged sword on a doctor's yeah. point of view. I really feel for the doctors and the healthcare professionals because yeah. they take a, an oath to care for the person. Yeah. And I can understand that grey area being there where in one side you're, you're caring for the person because they're, they're terminal. There's no yeah. chance that they have a living. But you have a duty to try everything you can do to keep life. Yeah. So, you know, but you're not really helping. And it's it's a, it's a, it's a oh, I'd hate to be in that position. I would too. I'd hate to be, be one yeah. of those people. I really do. I feel in, I feel, I feel really for those medical. It's one of those things that you have to remember that um, some medical professionals out there are just, you know, really good at what they do. Oh, yeah. And they, they take it on, yeah. take take some for the team and, you know, they do have a hard job that a lot of us could never do. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. The, um, yeah, so I, look, I, I'm pretty much, I mean, look, what do you do? Where, what happens? I mean, there is information that's available on the Queensland government website. So you can go in there and have a find it. It will talk to you about starting the conversation. Yeah. What the points are there that if you were, you know, if you were, what criteria is met. So, you know, like... That's probably the best way I'm going to leave it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you get on that government website, you don't know us. You've yeah. never heard of us. Yeah. I, I don't know. My name's <laughs> Gary Garrison. Okay. <laughs> we know that pervert. Straight <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> <Shakes are> pervert. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's even. It's funny how. It's funny how even like now. I just. That's. That's one of the first conversations I've had since the start of this podcast where I feel uncomfortable talking about it. I know you're shaking. I know. There's tears coming I'm, out. I'm turning to alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Brian. That's right. You can use that as an excuse. Actually, you want another beer? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Right. No worries. Um, yeah. So that one, and then the other conversation I wanted to bring up about was. Um, <laughs> throw your shit around, um, is acclimation. So we'll talk about that. Yes. About that. Yep, cool. And this is another one of those situations where yeah. I might come across a bit of a negative negative Nelly on this one. A little negative Nancy. And, it, and people, I know people are going to jump at me because they know, well, you own crematorium, so, how, yeah, okay. <laughs> so you're an advocate for the old system, not the new way. Yeah, now, right. I am definitely open to the new way. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I would love the opportunity to find out sort of a cost breakdown analysis of this system as well. Yeah, okay. So that's why I definitely want to reach out and find out if there's people that are available that can have a discussion about this. Because even with the stuff that I've researched and seen, I'm getting mixed messages of what I've got. I've heard ones that there's a process that takes up to 12 hours to do. Then I've mm -hmm. heard the process that takes four hours to do it. Okay. I've heard the process where... They're saying that the average amount of greenhouse gas emissions is 400, uh, 400 kilos or whatever it may be or 400 whatever it was. 
Um, and then they're using 10% of that, less of that. They used 10% less greenhouse gas emissions for aquamotion. Okay. But the argument to that is you use, they use 100% more water <laughs> yeah. as opposed to 0% used water as for cremation. So this is that area where I go, okay, so what do we do here? What do we do here? What, what, okay, let's, let's, let's have a look at the process, right? Okay. Yes, it does. It is a more eco-friendlier option. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it because it produces less greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. You're using the most precious gift we have. <laughs> it's the water. Yeah. <laughs> and where, you're heating that water. Where do they get the water from? Do yeah. you, like, is it? How's the water process? Is it yeah. retreat? Is it reusable? Is it just shoved down the sink? Yeah. That's, or like, is it coming from, mm. you know, our dams and wells or whatever? Or yeah. they have to get the water shipped in or? Yeah, because even like you're reading these websites and they're all websites that are favoured to aquamation. They're favoured. They don't give a... a unbiased opinion about yeah, it and this is where party. I'm stuck because I know people would probably be sitting there thinking the same well you're just offering a biased opinion about what like, yeah I, yeah it's just because yeah. you own a crematorium bro yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> so but also have you seen um in Times Square I think it is they have that um clock up that it's like counting down and there's only seven years worth of fresh water left like if we don't change something now in seven years, all of our fresh water is going to be gone. Something along those lines. So you're saying what we need to do is start saving our water? Well, it's like when I see something like that and then, you know, I see you can, <coughs> I yeah. don't know. I know. That's why this I'd is... like to know where the water's coming from, I suppose. Well, I've seen, I've seen um, some statistics saying that they use up to 1,000, 1,300 litres of water per aquamotion. Like I don't know how much that so is, one point, but it sounds that's like That's 1.3 tonne of water. That sounds like a lot. Well, you know those 20 litre barrels that you get? Like at the office jugs? Yeah. 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 Well, 50 of those is 1,000 litres. Ooh. So you can imagine 50 of those every time. Okay. A lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. 50,000 litres is about an average pool. Okay. So 50, 50 lots, that's maybe 50... Aquamations would be the equivalent of a pool. Okay. I mean, it doesn't uh, sound it doesn't sound much in that scale, does it? No, it really doesn't. No. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's what uh, yeah. I, you see. What my point? You still yeah. got to use some sort of. Uh, you got to. You do have to use some sort of electricity. You do have to use a heating element. Um, I like the idea. It does use less greenhouse gas. I do like the idea of that. I want to know though. By the looks mm-hmm. of it, by the looks of it, some of the some of the images I've seen it looks like a bit like a pressure cooker. Where it uses like a heating element, it heats the wrap, it does use the water. What is it, alkaline hydrolysis they call it? Hydro- you laughed at me last yeah. week when I said it turns into a soup. I know. <laughs> Pressure cooker doesn't sound as bad though, does no, it? No, it sounds worse actually. Yeah. So. I, yeah. But then don't they pump it out and they fertilise the garden? Well, that see, this is another thing too because I got hit up about this. I got hit up about one. I would say it was 2000 and either 12 or 13 I got asked mm-hmm. about acclimation. Asked me, I had, I had a company reach out trying to get me to invest in one. At the time where it required a lot of land and a lot of water. 
So yeah. it needed a water system. It needed a, an ample supply of water, and it needed a play, an ample supply of play, uh, water to disper- sorry disperse the water. Okay. So. So if you lived on a big <coughs> property, it'd probably come in handy anyway. Well, yeah. You know, but if you're actively like leveling a place to put in grass, mm. I don't know. Well, here, it can be returned to the natural ecosystem like water from a sink or a toilet through the standard wastewater management facility. So oh, yeah, it's pretty much just going down the drain. I mean, on this okay. one it is, but some, I don't know. It's such another one. <laughs> what? I can't say it. Can't. What are you going to say? You just promise that you cut this video out. Just yeah. <laughs> okay. I've dropped some worse things. <laughs> Star. <laughs> oh shit. This is why I'm divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Doubled over. Look now, I'm dribbling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no wonder you. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, well, that's a good point, too. <laughs> Not that pun. Uh, you're right. So, what do you think, Brian? Is that well, when you at put the end it, of the day? Well, when you put it like that, it does, it, it, that's the least. Acclimation is the least of the wastewater management's issues. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. But yeah, it'd be interesting to get a third party in who's probably maybe even dealt with both. Dealt with. Cremators and dealt with acclimators yeah. and could give us an unbiased opinion. Unbiased opinion would be nice because mm. everything I'm reading, you're getting this, and like even I've look, I'm I can I'm being biased I'm with it. I'll be honest, I'm being biased with it because mm. I'm trying to defend the fact that I, I've not well, I've known his cremations my whole entire time. You yeah, it, yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, so this conversation hasn't finished. Obviously, we'll keep going with this and. Until we get a firm answer from someone. Yeah, who knows exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And doesn't just yabble on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you reckon? Weird death of the week? Yeah, sounds great. Brought to you by CTC, <laughs> baby. <laughs> baby. All right. The Knuckler. Big shout out to him, mate. Thank yes. you. Supporting the, pro, uh, supporting the podcast. You can find their hats at the country companies. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> no, isn't it country? <laughs> um, well, no. If you want to design your own hat, oh, yes, you go yep. to uh, countrytrikercaps.com. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do. we do have our own CTC collabed hat, yes. pod, Deadass Podcast 1 and Ride to Rest. 
which are available on our website mm-hmm. at deadasspodcast.com.au. Yes. Um, but if you don't like our hats, if you think they're shit. <laughs> and and uh, if, you, if you do, well, okay, I'm sorry. But anyway. I'll try better. <laughs> but if you want, also if you want um, some CTC style hats, mm-hmm. you get some of their famous sayings and stuff like that, that's at thecountrycompanies.com. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the Country Trucker Cats and you want to get Get your own done or country uh, – no, sorry, just thecountrycompanies.com. Mm-hmm. Put in our – we've got a promo code. Yes. Deadass. Deadass. And they'll get you some – they'll get you a bit off at the at the uh, thing there. So Get you a little discount. Get you a little discount. A little discount. A little discount. Um, yeah, so shout out to Brighty <laughs> and Knuckles. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for the support. Much love. So what have we got for Weird Death of the Week? Um, so this is an ancient Weird Death of the Week. Really? Um, ancient Greek. Yeah. Now, my Greek is a little bit off. I'm not really good at pronouncing these names. Uh, so bear with me. Um, Heraclitus. <laughs> Heraclitus died. Okay, here we go. Um, so Heraclitus was actually... <laughs> I think it's. I, I don't know how. Give to me, let me look at it. Give me a look at it. I don't fucking believe you. Heraclitus. Heraclitus. I think it's Heraclitus. Heraclitus. <laughs> yeah. Her, that sounds. That sounds a lot better. Yeah. Heraclitus was actually an ancient philosopher. In the 6th century BC. So that's a long time ago. Um, So he actually suffered from a condition called dropsy. (laughs) 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 It's that you don't use that term anymore, but it's just an accumulation of fluid in the body. Okay. Um, So. (laughs) (laughs) Just forget to pronounce the actual right. Heraclitus. 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 <laughs> Heraclitus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he he uh, had dropsy and he was a little bit, he had a bit too much fluid in his body. Okay. Um, so he decided to take things into his own hands. He tried to cure himself hmm. um, by covering himself in cow dung. Yeah, right. right. I wonder why. Um, well, he thought that the idea, the idea of it was that the heat from the dung would help the make the fluid evaporate. Okay. Okay. We know now that that's not right, no. but probably, you know, when you put something oh, in something. The first thing I warm, usually do is go and cover myself in shit if I think I need yeah. to clean myself. Out. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. yeah. It works. Wonders. Obviously. Um, but he soon died. When he was covered in the excrement, um, because it dried in the sun, it trapped him in a oh. little, in in a little poo cocoon, <laughs> <laughs> and then the worst was yet to come. No <laughs> when he was trapped in his little poo cocoon, <laughs> a bunch of wild dogs came <laughs> and ate him. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, shit happens, eh? I suppose. Oh. <laughs> Did you preempt that one? <laughs> I may have. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, I was going to make some more puns, but I'm too pooped. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh, 
shit, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That was brought to you by CTC. 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 Oh, that's all right. Well, hey, uh, speaking on the – hang on. Let me just bring that up. Okay. So – Let's bring it up. Uh, Questions. Oh, yes, questions. Yeah. Right, cool. Uh, we have we have one question. Yeah, one question, and it is from Mo. Oh, Mo. Mo, send us through. <laughs> hey guys, Mo here. Love the potty. My favourite ones would have to be the morning shows, especially the ones <laughs> it's summer. She's so smart and funny. It must be hard being that beautiful at all time. <laughs> Anyways, I have a conversation with one of my co-workers today, the annoying one. <laughs> I can't really blame him for being annoying, but I'll through though because it must have been hard growing up for real. <laughs> Anywho, he mentioned that dogs decompose three times faster than humans. In your experience, do you think? In your experience, do you think that's true? Keep up the good work. I think I speak for all the listeners when I say that summer deserves a race. <laughs> Cheers, Mo Lester. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Great good, article. Good uh, good points raised there. <laughs> yeah, great points, Mo. Um, in regards to decomposing, yeah, usually usually animals they decompose a lot quicker because their 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 bacteria biome, their their gut bacteria, and all that's completely mm. different form of bacteria compared to us. Like it it does it does increase decomposition so much faster. Well, that's what Colin said when I asked him. Did you? <laughs> He said, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. I, I couldn't tell got... you how many times faster, and like it does depend on certain elements. Like with anything, like you've got, you've got, um, you know, you've but probably because got... they're smaller too. Well, yeah, but also too, like, you know, dogs eat anything. Yeah, that's true. Dogs will eat anything. Their guts is so diverse. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. They don't discriminate. Yeah, no, they don't. Mm. Mm. I've, when I've, some of the stuff that I found in like remains, like from so after we finished cremating an animal, oh. we rate the ashes out. Yeah. Some of the things that I found in their gut, like the, you know that you know what yeah. would have been there. Um, you know certain things that they've eaten. A lot of rocks. I was going to say you probably find a lot of rocks, rocks and a lot of yeah. tummies. A certain animal that I, a certain <laughs> animal that I cremated, I could tell that they lived in an area that had white pebbles. Oh wow! Because their gut was full. Of white pebbles. Is that how they make white dog poo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to meet some white stones. <laughs> just mix it in with their brown and yeah. So, yeah, so you could tell like there was like enough there for like a handful, a handful of white stones. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. I wonder what um, encourages a dog to eat a stone. Well, I, th- I, don't, I, I, I don't know. It's funny that I've, we asked the vet that one time like, it's funny, the dogs will do that to help with breaking down things and stuff like that. Oh, it's a okay. digestive thing. I guess right. it's like sometimes when they get that um, urge to eat grass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aids with digestion or something, it helps yeah. them be sick. 
Okay. Throw up if they feel crook. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I think it's all related to that stuff. Right. So, yeah, okay. Well, all of that bacteria will probably make it. Well, it just gives, yeah. it, it gives a reason for that bacteria to want to break stuff down a lot quicker. Yeah, okay. And, like, you know, and the environment that they live in too, it's usually not as good. Like, you know, yeah, true. Elements and yeah. Like, naturally, a human would increase um, the rate of decomposition a lot quicker if they're out in the elements all the time too. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, all so, right. <clears throat> you know, that's one point there that um, <clears throat> would be brought up. Now, um Got another question? Yep, we certainly do. No, actually, no, that's what Anyway, thanks for that, Mo. Um, shout out to you and uh, keep those questions coming in. Yeah, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had some, like, general questions come through from people and these are probably the most commonly asked questions that you get. So certain things like, what do funeral directors do? Like, all, so the majority of the people will only mm-hmm. ever see... So there's two points where they'll see the funeral director. One, they'll see him at the arrangement mm-hmm. to arrange what they're going to do for the funeral. Yep. And the majority of the time it will be just at the funeral. Yeah. So they don't see um, the other things that take place behind the scenes or what goes on between now and the funeral taking yes. place. So I guess that's a pretty fair question because, well, you know, what do they do? Well, you know, they're both they're – both, there's a lot of things that they do. So they, you know, they'll arrange the funeral. So let's uh-huh. go through and just quickly do a quick brief over of the funeral so people sort of have a brief understanding. Um, they will arrange the funeral. And once the funeral's uh-huh. arrangements be made, then they'll organise with their staff to do certain things. So it will be organise a transfer to have the, the deceased brought into their care if they need to. It might be in the uh-huh. care of a hospital. They might already be with us regardless, but they've just got to work out what they're going to do. They'll find out and get them into our care as soon as possible. Yes. Organise the clothing so that they can do mortuary preparation. They can mm-hmm. do a bait. They can wash them down, clean them, sanitise them, dress them. You know, do all the bits and pieces. Maybe makeup, handles, yeah. or whatever hair. All the bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's also organising with the liaisoning with the church or the mm-hmm. chapel and stuff like that to organise the event, the day, the time. Mm-hmm. Um, organise with a celebrant to have sit down with the family and discuss with that. Sometimes some funeral homes have their own celebrant. So that's their own funeral director that's doing the job as well. Yes. Um, so then from that point, they discuss the order of the service, who's going to be speaking, what music might be involved. There could be audio-visual stuff. So, mm-hmm. so you can see all this stuff starting to add up. Then, yeah. you know, if it's a public service, they might need to organise the newspaper notice, mm-hmm. the flowers, booklets, extra, extra requirements for the service itself. They might need to organise a grave or a certain place because one p- part of the service might be at the mm-hmm. church or the chapel and then they go into a gravesite afterwards. So there's always going to be these um, uh, different uh, things taking place all the time. So there's so much hours that are involved with it all. Um, yeah, so that would, you know, and then <coughs> by, by the time the funeral comes around, you've got the, you know, you've got the funeral taking place. That's mm-hmm. all they see. Yeah, well, I suppose if you if you've chosen the correct funeral director, you should only see them a couple of times. Yes, that's right. You know, yeah. because they're organising everything for you. Yeah. If you think of it in the same sort of sense as a wedding, mm. like think of all the things you have to do for to organise a wedding. Yes, getting all your friends and family there, organising flowers, organising the presentation, the music, the outfits, the the orders of service. You know. Yeah. The after drinks and nibbles, if you yeah. want. Like yep. it's the same sort of idea, but just imagine 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly right. So, you know, that that's some of the – just basically some of the things that they see behind, um, <clears throat> you know, behind the closed – some of the things that they have to do behind closed doors without without people knowing, you know, people, yeah. without people seeing that stuff. First the time. whole point is to try and make it as easy mm. as possible for you. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Even just organising a venue itself yeah. – so also too, like uh, the second thing behind that, the most commonly asked question is um, can they individualise their own service? Can they personalise it? Of course mm-hmm. you can. You can do whatever you want within the power of what we can do to help. So we've had all kinds of personalised requests. We've had services on people's properties. We've been to the beach. We've been to their front yard. We've been to their backyard. We've been inside their house. We've been wherever um, they can be. Uh, they can be <laughs> wherever they Wherever it takes place. On know? a raceway. Raceway, yep, yep. It can be at the showgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be, um, you know, it can be an evening service. It can be wherever they want to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then, you know, personalise it in different ways, different, bring in different things. Um, you can do custom themes. You can dress accordingly. You can be informal, formal. There's so many different things. I think it's a lot more, funerals are a lot more um, uh, like... For lack of better words, easy going these days. Yeah, it's not so formal. It has to. You have to dress a certain way. You have to do a certain routine. It's just very personalized. What you want. That's exactly right. Mm. Now, one of the one of the other questions from the other point um, is like, if you're on the receiving end. So, if you're, what <laughs> what some of the questions you would expect to receive from a funeral director? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. so. Um, when it comes to the arrangement of the funeral, the ones that the questions that usually trump, uh, trump people the most is personal questions about the family member who's passed away. Yeah. So there's certain requirements that are involved to register a passing and to get a registered death certificate organised for the family, uh-huh. to organise the financial matters, to settle the estate, and do all the bits and pieces like that. Now, future episode, we will get a solicitor on who is going to have a discussion with. So I've got two people in mind. I'm going to have a chat to find out which one's more keen to get on. Um, he's gonna. They're going to discuss the the process of how all that stuff works. So if mm. people people want to know about that stuff. I'm actually going to have a person jump on and discuss how estates work, wills work, all that sort of stuff as well. So keep an eye out for that one in the future. That would be good. We will just we will talk about that. But for now, the death certificate itself. There will be some questions that are asked. Um, it will be. The ones that usually trump people the most, and this is the ones for Queensland, I know yeah. that, that they ask the same questions in New South Wales and Victoria, but um, it's usually the parents of the person who's passed away now. Mm, yeah. And it's usually the mother's side, their maiden name is the one that usually tricks people. Yeah, okay. So can you, like, could you tell me who Nan's, so from mum's, mum's mm-hmm. maiden name, would you know it? Gerald? <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's winter. Winter? <laughs> it is, yeah. Oh, really? That's so mm. nice. Yeah. But, um, that, but that's, yeah. But that's a perfect example of what I mean. Like, that's, yeah. That is 95% of the population say the same thing. Yeah, no okay. Idea. No, I've got, I have no idea what, yeah. The only, yeah, only reason why I knew that is because I had to go looking for it when we had to do mum's death certificate. Yeah, so, wow. But so I didn't know it either. 
Oh, yeah, okay. So, yes. Because you need your mother's maiden name. You need your mother's maiden name. They need yeah. their mother's maiden name. Their mother's name. maiden name. So, yeah. you, what's the chances that you know your mother's or your – in some instances, it might be a grandchild organising the grandmother's funeral. And yeah. And then you've got to try and get the grandmother's mother's maiden name. Mm. So, yeah. you know, so – yeah. Marriage details. Sometimes mar- there might be multiple marriages. And where they were married and what year. What year? Right? Yeah, how old they were when they yeah. got married. All the kids first and mm. middle names. Yeah. Birth dates. Yeah. What they did during their working life. Yeah, that's right. Most of it's home duties for women. Yeah, because that's just the old school. That's just Well, how back it was. in the old days, the old, the old certificates, they didn't even put the woman's um, occupation down. Sounds about right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, that's the truth. No, like, you no, have really no. old school. No, but that's, that's, that's just the way it was. It was. It was the I, father's It was yeah. the father's occupation. They didn't put the mother's occupation in. Mm. Yeah. yeah, which makes sense because I think women weren't legally allowed to have a bank account until the 60s. Oh, look, I, I got no idea. Is that true? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm yeah. not. In Australia? Yeah, no, in Australia, I'm pretty oh, sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's just the way it was. Yeah, yeah, that's just old school. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, that there's some of the common questions that would be asked from the other point of view. So, you know, the funeral director would be asking, and then, you know, both sides are standard questions, burial, cremation, venue, religion, you know, yeah. any special requests. One day we'll have a, a discussion where we talk <laughs> about pre-planning, pre, pre-arrangements, pre-paid funerals, all that sort of stuff. And, and funeral and insurance. And funeral insurance. That's on. a very good one. Yeah. 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 Cause it's been real hot and cold over the years. Yeah. I used to do lectures on it for a while where I discuss funeral planning options and discuss funeral insurance in general and about yeah. how sometimes a lot of the time the amount of money that they had to pay in insurance premiums was enough to cover the cost of their own funeral several times over. Yeah, so I think that's a good thing to so touch on. that's something we'll definitely talk about. Mm. But for now, that's pretty much all we have to cover for today. Just get another episode yeah. of the uh, morning show in. Do you have anything else that you want to finish up on? Not really. Not really? No. That's it for now? <laughs> that's it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad we got no- Oh, shit. No, I'm glad we got no- we had enough talking about shit. <laughs> no, um, no more poop talk. No more poop talk or poop cocoons and stuff like that. So, but anyway. I'm so sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> no, no, really, I'm so sorry for anybody who heard this entire episode. They'll be hearing the entire episode. Nothing's getting cut out. Swear to God, Brian, if you don't <laughs> cut that out, you're it's, dead. It's fucking going in. Would too. <laughs> Bloody oath. I'm all for the I'm all for the clicks. <laughs> <laughs> you dog, eh? <laughs> uh so yeah, no, much love to you all. Like I get, once again, I'd love to hear some of the questions and some answers come uh, some more questions and some voice recordings come through. Yeah. Please, I'd love for you to reach out. We did have one voice recording come through from Kyle's asking about uh if they're gonna be live streaming. Um for the fight night, there will be event, there will be updates coming through from Alpha events. So the people who are looking okay. after it, who are looking after the events, if you want to find out any information in regards to that sort of stuff, keep your eyes out through Alpha events. They're the ones who are looking after everything. So you need to find anything. They'll they'll give you a heads up as soon as they know it. They publicise it. So all right, cool. They know it before we do. They will inform us all. That's it, hundred yes. percent. So. Much love to you all. Thank you once again. You know how to get in touch with us through the socials, through email. Send us through those voice, rec- uh, voice recordings. I'd love to get some more questions out there for the next morning show. And yeah, definitely. And then we can less talk about shit. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all. Much love. Thank you. Thanks and for having me back. You're welcome. And we'll catch up again soon. Sounds great. Cheers. See Cheers. Ya. Bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 